You're listening to an Anazal Ministries podcast. Hey there, welcome back to the SG Drive-In. Today we are talking about The Phantom Menace, Star Wars Episode 1, in honor of host Tiberius Wan's birth year, 1999. Thank you. Yeah. This is going to be a fun one. I'm one of your hosts, Joshua Knoll. Today I am joined by the one and only, your your favorite Lutheran pastor, Pastor Will Rose of Chapel Hill. How's it going? It's it's going. I'm in the middle of summer. I'm wrestling with a little uh, COVID illness and coming back from camps in Iceland. And But I did not want to miss this episode talking about episode one of Star Wars. Being that my avatar is holding literally a, a lightsaber, <laughs> I had to be on this particular drive-in movie, even though I was not born in 1999. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, uh, TJ, the the one the, this episode is in honor of. How mm-hmm. are you doing? I, ho- I hope well. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm just glad to be a part of SG Drive-In. A lot of good movies came out in 1999. Uh, this one in particular came out exactly one week before I was born. So <laughs> I, I don't Man. think I saw it in theaters. So did George Lucas do this for you? So Yeah, so I was supposed to be born on the 19th. <laughs> And we just, yeah. Yeah, that was on our end. That was our fault. That oh, okay. wasn't the same day. Yeah, I'm glad you said our. You didn't say your. You you blame the whole like birthing system. Yeah. yeah. I mean, his yeah. mom played a part too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My mom, obstetrician. <laughs> okay. Mary yeah, Black yeah. Hospital. Yeah. Checks out. Checks out. So uh, obviously TJ can't answer this question. So me and Will are going to go first. Uh, Will, imagine just for a second, you mm. just got out of the theater. You just watched Phantom Menace for the first time. What what's your reaction? What did I just watch? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a good? What did I just watch? Yeah, yeah. That 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 it was a it was an inner turmoil of what did I just watch? There's parts I loved, parts that I can I just set up just a little bit how I saw it. Like I mean, the mm-hmm. first the first movie I saw in the theater was A New Hope, 1977. Wow, five years old. And then there is a 16 year gap from Return of the Jedi to The Phantom Menace. So in my head. Of like dream and being a star- lifelong Star Wars fan, the buildup, the Phantom Menace was there, and we had all imagined what the story of Anakin Skywalker, the Clone Wars, all that, what that could look like, and what a young Obi Wan Kenobi in action and the in the prime of his his day would look like. And so we built these narratives and stories and played with mm-hmm. our action figures and fan fiction this thing in our head for a long time. And then when we finally saw it in the movie, the opening crawl. Man, I'm sitting there with my brother. 1999 going, here we are, we're doing this game. I can't believe the excitement's through the roof. And then there's moments in the movie where like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. And then there's things where you're like, I, what is that? What are we doing? Um, when, when the Viceroy starts talking in like quasi Asian racist accent, I'm like, uh oh, this isn't going to be good. Um, Jar Jar pops up, what are we doing? Um, and then you get the pod racing. And you're like, this is super cool. And then oh. you have Darth Maul, super cool. And then, mm-hmm. and then, and then you're like, oh, uh, uh, Anakin's this age. Uh, okay. And I had to like reframe a lot of things during the movie. And so at the end of the movie, I was like, what did I just watch? I need to go see it again. So after seeing it like three more times, I was still <laughs> like, I don't know how I feel about this movie. And then, of course, we have the history of like toxic fandom and Star Wars fandom relationship with the Phantom Menace. So that's all I'll say for now. Yeah. That sounds pretty similar to when I watched uh, Force Awakens. Because, you know, for me, that yeah. was when I was finally an adult, the first Star Wars movie in a the theater. Nice, was nice, 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 um, nice analogy. I do there. remember nice. being seven years old 
am watching Phantom Menace. My aunt snuck me into the theater. And as a seven-year-old, I didn't have my thoughts now where I love the original trilogy. I think the prequels are okay and the sequels are tolerable. Minus, I really like The Last Jedi, much to Will's dismay. Um, <laughs> but I... I remember coming out of this as a kid and I'm just thinking that was the coolest thing ever. And I just want to chop other people up with a lightsaber. I'm like, I want a toy lightsaber to go beat somebody with. That's what I wanted as a kid. And the fight scenes in this were way beyond what happened in the old movie. So to me at that age, I was all about the prequel. I was like, this is great. Yeah. So excited. TJ, what was your first experience watching Phantom Menace that you remember? Okay. (laughs) That I remember. Is it, would it be fair to say my first, like, first experience I remember watching Phantom Menace be actually playing it in Lego Star Wars? Is that valid? That counts, and I want to hear about it. (laughs) Yeah, so if you haven't played the Lego Star Wars games, they are, especially the newest one, get the newest one, Skywalker Saga. It has literally every movie in it, except for Rogue One and Solo, and the Ewok ones. But, you know, maybe they'll (laughs) put put by, you know, make DLC for the Ewok movies. Uh, But... There are six episodes per Star Wars episode, six levels you play through. And if you play them, you could actually get a really, really good idea of what the movie was about and what happened in the movie. Uh, The only real difference was the old ones did not have dialogue. So the first thing I actually remember watching The Phantom Menace is playing it a million times. That's true of me in a lot of Disney movies. It's kind of weird because I feel like I'm the big Dis nerd of the group. But there are a ton of Disney movies that my first actual memory of them is playing Kingdom Hearts. And later on, I was like, what is that movie actually like? Like uh, Nightmare Before Christmas? I don't think I was allowed to watch it as a kid, but it happened to be in Kingdom Hearts. And I played it and I was like, what is this movie? And then then I watched it. So Um, Yeah, so TJ, so you played the Lego movie. um, I mean, the Lego game for the movie. Eventually, when you see the movie... Did that hold up the expectations of what mm-hmm. you've been like literally engaging with through like a video game, which is pretty oh, yeah. cool of engagement with a story. When you eventually saw the original, what that based off of, what were your thoughts and did it meet expectations? Yeah. So it was probably around the same time. I know we owned the prequels on DVD. We owned all six on DVD. Uh, I think when I was young, I just didn't have a long enough attention span to, you know, stay interested in the original trilogy for long enough. Uh, which meant I sk- skipped a lot of the prequels too, uh, mm-hmm. but it was a lot less work to skip through a scene than it was to take a <laughs> DVD out of the DVD player. Uh, <laughs> so I just ended up watching the same one a bunch before I moved on to the next one. And Phantom Menace was awesome. It was so cool just to see Darth Maul. Darth Maul, uh, mm-hmm. probably my favorite character in the series. Mm-hmm. You know, Darth Maul's sick. Big fan of uh, Sith Lords. I- I'm going to call the Sith Lord. He deserves it. If you've seen yeah. Clone Wars all the way through, he deserves it. Uh, like the, the, the Venn diagram of my favorite Sith Lords and my favorite Star Wars characters is a circle. So <laughs> huge movie for me. Okay. Terrible to see him die, but he came yeah. back. Yeah. He always One comes of my back. favorite villains has to be Darth Maul. One of my favorite Jedi is also Qui-Gon Jinn. So this movie hit all the things and obliga- I am obligated to give a wrong opinion each episode. I am that one rare person who loved Jar Jar, but I put the caveat out there that I love him because he's stupid. Like, I don't say he's not stupid. I think he's absolutely just dumb, but I find that hilarious primarily because I started watching it when I was seven and, you know, it was funny then and it just kind of never stopped being funny because I kind of just kept that part of my childhood, I guess. 
I did like Jar Jar a little more than most people, but that's because I played Lego Star Wars more than most people, and he had the highest jump in the game. My wife yeah. wants to get a Jar Jar tattoo next to her Darth that's Vader tattoo. Terrible. I find that hilarious. <laughs> I feel like this is a good time to bring up the fact that in one of the Star Wars comic books, Jar Jar's parents are stranded on an island. <laughs> and George Binks, Jar Jar's father, mm-hmm. you know, George? thinks easy, easy. Yeah, his name is George. George had his son, Jar Jar, yeah. But uh, he, you know, has his blaster and he's like, well, this is it. And his wife's like, no, George, think of home. Think of our son. And then, you know, his eyes widen and he tries to (laughs) pull the trigger on his own head because he thought of Jar Jar. (laughs) Oh, my. It is terrible. That's awful. That's that's pretty terrible. I, I, you know, for me, I remember... Coming because I was on the 1999, I was on internship, um, and then I went back to seminary for my senior year. And coming back to seminary after all of us who were on internship came back, started talking about, Oh, did you see the family minutes? What'd you think? And we all wrestling with it. And I remember doing a poll among the families that had like young children who had seen the movie in the theater, and all the adults were like, I have a lot of problems with this movie. And all the kids were like, Man, that was so much fun, and I love Jar Jar. And I was like, so if Lucas is writing this for for kids, he succeeded. My my problem with Jar Jar is that like for comic relief, George was having a blast with the new yeah. technology that and the CGI that he he Absolutely. he wasn't worried about character development. He wasn't worried. He's like, I, I'll fix that in post. I'm gonna I'm just gonna have fun with the tech. And and Jar Jar was a part of that. And and to use him as comic relief or as a cool character, awesome. I just think he used it too much, similar to what mm. we just had a conversation about uh, Love and Thunder with Thor, that like there's there's moments when you like you want it to go deeper. You want it to um, to 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 really lean into these kind of dark moments of Anakin's like uh, story. And then and then you have like a, a poop or a burp joke and you're kind of like, oh, man, George, <laughs> you, you killed the moment. And 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 the perfect time is that is when like. Anakin's mom is sitting at the dinner table with with Qui-Gon Jinn and they're having this conversation about like slavery and indentured servitude and 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 where they are and their plight in this world and like Jar Jar has like a dinner burp tongue joke and I'm like oh George man you could have leaned into that a little bit more you didn't have to ruin that moment let's let's go to those dark places with that we know who this kid's going to turn into and why that would happen so even with Anakin being younger than I'd probably want him to, or not as angsty as I want him to, uh, the Jar Jar moments along the way, just just fewer of them, or maybe we just had a couple, or or a yeah. way to use it. So so um, so anyway, I think that's there's backlash with Jar Jar, but there's also backlash with toxic toxic fandom, a, a treatment of the actor who played Jar Jar, and and that needs to be brought to the surface as well. I agree with that. My toxic fandom is more of a Hayden Christensen kind of deal. So this is my favorite of the prequels because I I just didn't like his take on Anakin very much. Right. I also wish to me part of and this is a fault in a lot of movies. I'm not blaming the prequels for this. I feel like a lot of directors are just stuck on the number three too much. The prequels deserved a fourth movie and they could have built it out a lot better, which we kind of see when you watch the Clone Wars show. Three is a fantastic number, though, when you really consider it. It is. There's three of us. This would have been built out better if it had (laughs) more time on screen basically mm, and i will possible. say that phantom menace has aged well in the sense that like because of the world building because of clone wars because of filling in the mm-hmm. gaps the comics the stories um allowing it to breathe what what george did 
um, with that and kind of world building and sorry, and, and the way it has expanded um, is, is aged very well. And it, and it looks great. Even like people who are now like Disney um, sequel trilogy haters are kind of like, wow, <laughs> I used to not like the prequels. Now I like them or, or they, or, or there's a little bit of hypocrisy. There's like, they, they hate on the prequels. Now they love them because of the, because of the, sequel yeah. trilogy but once the next series anyway. come out we'll all love the sequels too it's it's fine yeah, exactly. it's star wars fans work yep 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 you're right yeah i think they the prequels don't get enough credit for the way they were produced because uh, everyone's always like oh too much cgi whatever it looks That's bad true. the the way they filmed a lot of the scenes and a lot of the set pieces in the prequel trilogy was they would carve they would painstakingly carve the sets out of a uh, type of foam, paint it, and then film the scene and then just key the actors out of the green screen and insert them into the tiny set that they built. And that's insane. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It's so cool. And it's yeah, not noticeable at all. Uh I think they did it not in the cantina. Uh the what are they called? The racetrack. Whatever they called it. The racetrack was yeah. one. Uh there are so many though. There are too many to remember. The racetrack is my favorite one. Yeah. It's it's one of those situations I get frustrated at. It actually usually happens in politics with me where someone will take a, I will have what's not necessarily the popular opinion, but then somebody else will go further than I did or something. And their argument is just bad. And then I feel obligated to take the defense of a side I don't necessarily like. That happens a lot with these where I'm like, I don't like the prequels, but I hear a lot of the complaints people give. And I'm like, man, now I feel like I have to defend them, even though they're not my favorite, because that was just a stupid argument. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're just worthy of defense at the end of the day. Yeah, I know Pod racing is awesome. I do. Darth Maul yeah. is awesome. That's true. Darth even even the opening scene, even the opening scene, there's you know questionable accents or whatever. But but in terms of setup, this like larger political trade federation, people a little backlash about oh we're watching a movie about like the minutia of taxation. And you're like well you know if you have planets and an empire and you're built to the empire, you got to go somewhere. But the um. Like Qui Gon Jinn and Young Obi Wan together, as you're seeing like Jedi in in their heyday, that was mind blowing. Like them yeah, speed definitely. speed racing from one to the other, or flashing from one to the other, or jumping high, or or um, using their lightsabers against the battle droids. You're like, man, that that opening, you know, twenty thirty minutes. You're like, wow. All right, here's the world that I imagine Jedi's were were like back in the day before the dark times. I if I'm just going to sit down and watch a single Star Wars movie, because it's hard to do that for me. Usually I have to watch a few. Like if I'm going to watch A New Hope, I end up watching the whole original trilogy. If I'm going to watch just one Star Wars movie, it usually ends up either being Phantom Menace or um, Rogue One. I like Rogue One a lot, too. Yeah. Yeah. But you don't so like so well. I wanted to do a pick three with you guys. See what you guys said about about some stuff. So I want to see if you had to pick a favorite character and then a favorite scene. And then a low light of the movie. It could be a character, a line, scene, whatever. Just one low light. Maybe we do the low light first so we end on the positive notes. Um, TJ, low light, favorite character, favorite scene. You want Will to go first? Yes. All right. So like one of my, my least favorite scene or kind of low low point of the low movie? Low light doesn't matter. It could be a character even if you just want to say Jar Jar. Yeah. I mean, I, Jar Jar's grown over me. I understand like his point. I, I think for me, I already mentioned it. Like when – that sitting at the table and they're talking about like the, the oppressive nature of this universe and indentured servitude and slavery and, and Anakin's mom and what's going on. And then 
having like a like a, a dinner like burp joke to kind of comic relief it i, I was like man I, I really want um that to happen I, I favorite character man it's hard i i do like darth maul but qui-gon jen is is great um i i like i like it that r2 shows up in this movie um and it helps Anakin like navigate it is yeah. pretty pretty rad too. And my favorite scene, I always love it every single time, is when and I don't know how I think it happens after uh, Qui Gon just just been killed. Spoiler alert, folks! Uh, Darth Maul uh, killed um, Qui Gon Jinn, and and Obi Wan screams out no, and then he's behind that force field, and like Darth Maul is just pacing like a like a like a tiger ready to pounce. And and Obi Wan is like bouncing from one side to the other like a boxer, ready to come out, ready to go. And the look on Obi Wan Kenobi's face, like I am so ready to come. He's not patiently sitting, squatting like Qui Gon Jinn was doing, like a Zen pose. Like I, I'm breathing it with force. <laughs> Obi Wan's bouncing back and forth like Rocky or a boxer, ready to ready to pounce. And when that light, when that door force field opens. Obi-Wan just pounces. And I love that every time. I love that scene so much. Yeah, that's cool. That's one of the best fight scenes in all of Star Wars, really. Yeah, Duel of Fates yeah. is 100%. Yeah. If if there were going to be a top five fight scenes, I think Darth Maul would be in all five of them. That's just me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as much as I hate the or, or hate on The Last Jedi with, with, with kind of my ranking, of my personal rankings of, of Last Jedi, I will say one of the peak... Lightsaber duels is the the red the throne yeah. room and and like the last shit. I, I did I you get a favorite that. character? <clears throat> yeah, I kind of danced danced around with like Qui Gon, Obi Wan, Darth Maul. I got to pick one. Oh, man, I like young Obi Wan. I'm gonna stick with young Obi-Wan young Obi Wan. Young Obi Wan. Young. I, I got to go. All right, Teach. All right, low light of the movie. Uh, I think there should have been an even bigger fish. There was no reason yeah. to stop at the Sando Aqua Monster. <laughs> they could have gone one bigger. Yeah, that's that's what I was able to come up with. Okay, All right. I like favorite this character. Movie. I like this movie a lot. Yeah, you knowing the name of the fish is like yeah proof that you like yeah. this movie. I think yeah, Aqua Monster is maybe my new nickname. That's the best I anyway. It's like the, yeah. the the OP Sea Killer, the Colo Claw Monster. Uh, <laughs> oh, anyway, uh, favorite character is Darth Maul. All right, easily by far. Yeah, Darth best Maul, character in the awesome. series. Yeah. No diff. Uh, favorite scene? Uh, Darth Maul fight. But actually, when Darth Maul loses, the the fact mm-hmm. that it is just over so quick and the tables turn instantly. Yeah, it's just sad. I, I like that they bring him back in other stuff. Yes. Yeah. It was a shame yeah. that he went so quick. That does make it a lot better. Yeah. Uh, but it keeps it realistic. You know, you at any point, it does not matter how well you're doing. You can just lose. <laughs> That's the moral of the story this time, guys. You can just right. lose. So my low light is similar to Will's. I because I'm I'm big into like politics and the just the government and how everything works of that. That is actually my favorite parts of the prequels. My mm-hmm. low light is gonna be that they didn't lean further into the Federation, what makes it evil or good or whatever. I mean uh, they kind of paint them as bad guys, but I wish they went deeper into that. I'd like to bring up the moral question of is taxation, you know, morally necessary? Is it evil at times? I want to hear all about that stuff. Please tell me more. If um, the IRS is listening, uh, <laughs> don't. You are the Federation. I expect you to. Now, <laughs> to, yeah, now, at seven year old, at seven years old, Joshua, were you were you uh, thinking these no, thoughts? No, not okay. except, yeah. but to, today, just today, just, as of just, now, just, that just, would be my one low light. 
<laughs> when I was seven, there wasn't a low light. The low light was that it ended. <laughs> right. Yeah. Still true. Um, my favorite character has got to be Qui-Gon Jinn. Liam Neeson in most things ends up being my favorite character. True. There's a movie called 100 Ways to Die in the West. It's just a random comedy that Liam Neeson happens to be in, and he's still like my favorite. <laughs> well, I love the guy. Um, favorite scene. I'm going to go in when Anakin has the uh, the... <laughs> What what is it? I don't forget the name. What's the name of the the ship that he flies up at the end? He flies a ship up and he just destroys everything else. Yeah, Mando Mando hopped in one. His it's just yeah. souped it up. It's the it's the star. It's the Naboo starfighter, right? Is that is that what it's called? Oh, at the very end. TJ, you should know. Yes, yeah. yes. Okay, that's my favorite ship in the series. That yeah. honestly, I also really like when Jar Jar accidentally just wiped out half the army. But that was a that was stupid good. joke part that I was like, that was funny. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so that's, that's going to be mine. Um, before we wrap this up, I, I brought it up. Jo- Will's brought it up. So let's, um, let, let's just sit with it for a second. Federation taxation. What, what are the moral positives and negatives of taxation? Pastor Will. <laughs> uh, all right. Theology of taxes. Uh, I think one day, uh, there was, there was a time in the gospels when someone handed Jesus a coin and said, uh, what should we do about taxes? He switched the question back on them. So I could do that to you, Joshua, but I'm not um, because I'm not Jesus. But I think if you're talking about common life together, and that's basically what politics are, how do we do common life together? There there needs to be a system of how we distribute collective funds to make our lives better with, with roads, with water, clean water, um, taking care of, of one another kind of thing. Um, so, so I think taxes are, are definitely necessary. It's like it's when you have people who have power and want to exploit that for their own benefit. That's where you go down the road of, uh, of course, uh, evil, um, mistrust, all those things. So if you have at the heart of this movie, somebody who is a Sith Lord under the cover of like the dark veil of a complicated political system, perfect place to hide and then to start manipulating behind the scenes, uh, scenes whispering in people's ears to manipulate, to turn on their side to perfect, perfect means to do that. So, so yeah, ideally politics, taxes, I don't have a problem with it. They're necessary, but it's when you have exploitation of power and those who aren't in power is where you go down to the road upside. And that's what's, what's interesting is Federation kind of is able to play both sides. Like you're trying to get one up on both of them because everybody relies on money. I feel like mm-hmm. in the end, they kind of get sidestepped, but it's interesting how early on the Federation kind of playing the Republic and playing the Senate or, you know what I'm trying to say, right? The bad guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. TJ, what, how can we avoid Taxes? people abusing the taxation system? Oh, okay. I thought I was going to get to teach people how to avoid their taxes. <laughs> Yeah, how do we avoid taxes? <laughs> Just don't tell the government you make any money. <laughs> but uh, what was the actual question? How do we avoid people abusing the taxation system? There are a couple of answers. The mm. safest one is vote. Yeah, for people you trust. Okay. That that checks out. Yeah, yeah checks and balances like is another thing. There's a mm. long history. There's always where there is money, there is evil. I mean, uh, the line "money is the root of all evil." I don't think that comes from the Bible. I think the Bible says pride. Is the root of all evil something like that? Am I am I on the right track, Will? I can't remember. Maybe, golly, uh, I don't know where that comes there's from. There's a lot of words um, in the Bible. I did hear one other thing since you brought up the Jesus coin thing that I, I kind of wanted to get you, both of y'all's take on. Uh, Reza Aslan, he's a Muslim scholar, but he's not a scholar of Islamic studies. He's a religious scholar, 
who happens to be Muslim. That was a long way of explaining him. Don't know why I did that. Anyway, religious scholar, his take on that story was they asked Jesus that while in the temple, because people were using Roman coins to pay for stuff in the temple, which they weren't really supposed to do. And what Jesus was actually saying was, you pay your taxes using Rome's money. This here is God's land, not Rome's land. And he's more making a statement of whose land is the synagogue. Is there a separation of our religious duties and our obligation to pay taxes and money toward the government? Or are they kind of tied together? Yeah, I think uh, in Jesus's world, there was no separation of faith in, in politics because the kingdom of God was intricately a part of, of his message. And so when you had like an oppressive Roman government where their Caesar claimed to be God, it's a rival, it's a rival God to your faith. Um, so I think it's, it's hard to separate. And I think that's what Jesus was trying to, to point out. You know, it's hard to separate the two. You can't really separate the two, but yeah, it's it's hard it's hard to separate church and state or those kind of things when you're fit, when our common life together is so integral part of how I express my faith. So yeah, it's it's nuanced, just no easy answer. It's not a tweetable answer to this. But I think looking back at Jesus's context of of politics and their faith and how they're intertwined and tangled, it's it's hard to separate the two. Yeah. I think there's a moral evil of imposing your religion through the government. But I also feel like there's a moral necessity if your religion tells you stuff like take care of the poor to vote for policies and stuff that will help take care of the poor. Right. Um. Yeah. TJ, any last word on that? No. Well, I'll give you I, another chance. For a, oh, well, go ahead, what, what I will say that, uh, yeah, um, just, just looked it up real fast because I, I was trying to think. It does say, Paul does say in his letters, the love of money is the root of all evil, but he doesn't okay. say money. He doesn't say money is the root of all evil, the love of money or the lust yeah. of money. Though, though there's a difference. Uh, money in itself is not evil, but, but it's what we do with it or the love of it. Making it an idol is, is what where the problem. Mm. So love it's God, love Jesus, love others with your money. But don't love the money. Yeah. There you so, go. But Canadian money is definitely evil. Yeah. Canadian money, on the other hand, that's that's an issue. Yeah. Well, we just like lost syrup. all our Canadian Canadian. We, we do actually have it's listeners in Canada to which we back. apologize. Here we go. <laughs> Your money is dumb. It's just, you know, low hanging fruit. The leaps are terrible. <laughs> Before we wrap this up, this was the movie of your birth year, TJ. What final comments about the epicness of Phantom Menace do you want to leave our listeners with? Go watch the movie again and try to <laughs> honestly tell me that it is bad Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Also, it's definitely a good summer flick. It's definitely a good popcorn flick. If nothing else, if you're not going to get into the deep taxation stuff or any of the other stuff going on, <laughs> you can't tell me you that sitting there with a bag of popcorn, watching Jedi's do flips and a two-sided lightsaber come out isn't just a fun time. Right. Yeah. Right. All right, guys. Well, as we wrap up this ish, this addition to the SG drive-in, we've been asking theater-related questions each episode. Um, and with, with TJ having his series, uh, Drinks with Tejas on Patreon, which I do suggest everyone go listen to. It's going to be a fun time here in a couple months. I think he's going to be asking Will about beer. That'll be a fun oh, episode. Man, can't wait. Today, okay. I want to know, if you're going to the theater, Pastor Will, what is your beverage of choice? Uh, it depends on when I'm seeing a movie and what kind of mood I'm in. So um, I, the theater I go to does serve beer and wine, and I will mostly get popcorn and then um, get a beer. But 
I will say that if I'm sleepy at the end of the day and I know it's going to have a hard time staying up for like a later movie, if I have a beer, then I'm probably toast about like two thirds through the movie. So um, I will often get um, a Diet Coke or Coke Zero with um, and I'll tell the person behind to give me light ice. That way, most of it's drink and not most of it ice. My dad's always done the light ice thing. And I thought he was silly until I started going to theater. Like, Man, I don't want to get up for myself to get ice. <laughs> Let's just stop doing it. Yep. Uh, TJ's a lot more hardcore about that than I am. TJ, what is your beverage of choice? You're going to the theater. What are you drinking? All right. I get the biggest cup they can sell me, and I fill it to the top with Dr. Pepper or Pib Extra if I have to. Uh, <laughs> but Dr. Pepper, if it's available. No ice. I hate ice. Okay. Ice is too cold. It ruins the taste of your drinks. I'm excited for the when we finally do the episode with Drinks with TJ where – I interview him about why Dr. Pepper is the best drink. Yeah. yeah. It's going to be our longest episode. <laughs> but unless you're drinking whiskey, just leave the ice out of it. It's just going to make it worse. There's enough water in the drink. I'm, I'm growing unless, towards that. Unless I, you get a beverage that's not cold. I like my beverages really, really cold. Like ice cold all the time. If they have a, like a good drink machine, it should be cold anyway. When I go to the theater, I get an icy. So, I mean... I don't have to worry about the ice situation. <laughs> yeah, that's a different that's a different yeah. scenario. Yeah. A good Coke Icy is good sometimes. I like blue raspberry, personally. Wrong. And, you know, there's another <laughs> wrong opinion for you, listeners. <laughs> with that being said, is there anything you guys would like to leave our listeners with as far as recommendations, Star Wars or otherwise? Uh, Pastor Will? Yeah, I um, Darth Darth Plagueis, I think I'm saying that right. TJ, am I pronouncing yeah. Darth Plagueis? That's, uh, that's how I've always said it. So. Palpatine's master um, that he talks about in uh, the prequels. It is the the book is is fantastic, and it's a prequel to the prequel, so it leads up um, to uh, Episode One and and behind like who Darth Plagueis is and how he rose to power, and then his uh, you know apprentice and um, where it goes from there. So I, I highly recommend that book if you like legends. Um, Star Wars novels. Uh, I think if you're a prequel fan, it's, it's a must read. Nice, nice. All right, TJ, do you have any recommendations for everybody? Yeah, I've been reading Vagabond. Fantastic. Amazing manga. It is, it's about Miyamoto Musashi, uh, who is uh, kind of a, like a legendary Japanese swordsman. Mm -hmm. uh, not quite a samurai, a ronin technically. Uh, but the art in this manga is incredible. It is truly one of the best. Nice, I'm on nice, chapter nice. 60. I started reading last night. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's fantastic. <laughs> and for myself, I, I currently have a, a short-legged beagle licking my toes. I would recommend getting a beagle if you haven't had one. Um, <laughs> That's uh, a good nerdy a recommendation. Though, I would like to recommend uh, Darth Maul comic books. Um, very few of them, in my experience, are really written that well. But the art is usually pretty cool. Well, just fun to like flip through the pages so but that's gonna be my yeah idea. most star wars comics aren't like super deep reading they're they're just kind of treading the surface i think but but in terms yeah. of art and, and if you like these characters love these characters then you know why not find more ways to to tell these stories and comics yeah. is a good Plus way it gives for you it. some of that uh you're talking about like the prequels before the prequels some of them give you some good background to what made darth maul darth maul so that's all okay all right if you enjoyed this, please go on our Facebook group, drop down below, let us know what you thought about the Phantom Menace movie, whether you liked it or not. We'd like to hear from you. And of course, if you want to hear more from us, you can go to patreon.com forward slash systematic geekology to hear TJ's drink with TJ's segment, to hear me and Will talk about 
comic book catch-up, or a number of other things. We have a ton of extras over there for you guys to check out. Or you could always go to systematicgeekology.org, hit the host tab. There's a drop-down menu. You can hit any of our names, see all the other stuff that we do. We'd love to hear more from you guys, so go to our website. Let us know more about what you guys are geeking out on. And please remember, just this is really important to me, that you guys keep in mind that we're all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests. This was an Anazal Ministries podcast. If you enjoyed this show and would like to learn more about our network, be sure to check out the Anazal Ministries podcast network.